Hello and welcome everyone to our podcast series, The Spotlight. I'm your host, Friederike Schnabel. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Joining me is Vincent Chignot, Head of Research at Generali Insurance Asset Management. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Vincent, you sounded worried before and after the summer break. Global stocks and bonds have now dropped to new year-to-date lows. Is all the bad news out now? Not just yet, I'm afraid. Uh, global markets are exposed to two powerful cross-currents, central bank tightening and the European energy crisis. Central banks are in full panic mode and are willing to do whatever it takes to kill the inflation beast. Policy overshooting has become very likely. The US economy has bounced back in Q3, but this was a short-lived rebound. Leading indicators are clearly pointing south. Last month, I underlined the energy crisis, which has caused an extraordinary shock on Europe's terms of the exchange and a sharp deterioration of the trade balance. Recession in Europe is now a near certainty, with its depths a function of the winter temperatures. Early indications from the European Centre for medium-range weather forecast indicate a period of high pressure, which may imply colder weather than usual for November and December, with less wind and rain than usual. This may imply additional restrictions on energy supply. Beyond the winter, Europe is exposed to a very concerning and durable competitive disadvantage. Such big news is not already fully reflected in asset prices, you think? Not really. Investor surveys point to very negative sentiment and defensive allocations, but valuations do not appear stretched. The US high yield index is trading around 5 150 basis point in OAS, uh, but if the manufacturing ISM falls below 50 years we expect, then history suggests it will be closer to 700 to 800 basis point. In equities, the S&P is trading at 16 times the profits of the next 12 months, far from the cycle peak at 22, but also far from the 10 to 14 range often seen through periods of economic stress. And earnings expectations are too high, we think. We start seeing better value in risk-free bonds, if such a thing still exists, as peaking inflation and slowing rolls cap bond yields. Treasuries are a better haven than Bund in the context of broader fiscal support in Germany. Also, the scissors effect on the US and euro trade balances should support a rise in euro long-term yields relative to the US, Vincent, you see limited upside for long yields from here. Yet we have seen an uncontrolled rise in gilt yields following the mini-budget. Any chance we see a repeat of that in other jurisdictions? It could be the canary in the coal mine and is a serious warning for euro area countries about fiscal responsibility. I understand the temptation to shield business and consumers from the high energy prices, but a bold fiscal stimulus in the middle of an inflation crisis is not a good idea, and the markets have punished the new British government. The Bank of England has managed to calm the storm, but to be honest, delaying QT and restarting bond purchases hardly look like a sustainable idea. This may keep inflation higher for longer, and only serves to accommodate reckless fiscal policy. Japan is another case of policy mishap. The Minister of Finance has asked the BOJ to intervene and defend the yen, while the ongoing BOJ easing has largely contributed to the extreme weakness of the yen. The BOJ could not have its cake and eat it.
More generally, extreme dollar strength tends to fan global financial instability. We see all the cracks in the global financial plumbing, which contributes to our defensive allocation. What cracks? Rates volatility is very high. This reflects extreme policy uncertainty as the central bank's reaction functions face the contrast of high inflation and rising recession risk. High vols tend to cause financial instability, raising risk premia and destroying the animal spirit. The preference for safety is seen in the very large level of euro swap spreads. Arguably, this also reflects a shortage of safe collateral following years of QE. Yet, this tends to make the preference for safety more immediately reflected in financial stress measures. Also, in the US, the Fed's QT is pushing bank reserves down, but reverse repo operations are rising, suggesting a great appetite from money market funds for safety. What worries us is that in a high inflation environment, it is far less easy for central banks to intervene, for instance, by cutting rates or creating money to buy assets. This raises questions about who the lender of last resort may be and contributes to fatality risk. To conclude, some final investment considerations? Any ray of light to finish on a more positive note? We've been warning about difficult conditions for many months. Uh, when I talk about fat tails, however, it also means some upside risk. When the Fed pivots to a less hawkish stance, this will provide some oxygen to risk assets. But it is premature to position for that. We first need to see a clear pullback in the measured inflation risk bias of the FOMC members. Also, the sabotage of pipelines in Europe marks an escalation that talks against any geopolitical improvement in the near term. So for now, stay on cash and underweight equities and high yield. IG credit is not immune, but still a favorite for us given the carry, at least for buy-in-all investors that can stomach near-term widening. We've reduced the duration short to a minimum, but stay cautious with long-term peripheral sovereign bonds. Thanks a lot, Vincent, for sharing these valuable insights with us. Thank you all for tuning in and hear you soon.